0: Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? This is called pilot radio. Three balls, two strikes, the pitch. Swing it along, drive! Deep left field! Going, going, let's go! difference between justice and punishment. Swear to God! Swear to me! You are unwise you are them not at all, right? I swear to God, I'll pistol whip the next guy that says shenanigans. Can't answer. Uh, nope. Red alert. All hands to battle stations. This is called pilot inter. Good afternoon, all you GGR Pirate Radio listeners. My name is Mike Lunsford. This is Mike on the Mike, my solo podcast that I do here on the GGR Pirate uh, Radio Network. We've got all sorts of cool things that we're doing. We've expanded our podcast. It's not just GGR Pirate Radio anymore. It's now the Pirate Radio Network, so I do my own show. Steve has got his own show. He calls that Educated Guesses. Uh, We're going to be adding more content, more stuff, things like that. It's going to be a good time uh, by all. Really? So welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Uh, That first show that we did was a lot of fun. Got to talk about movies a little bit, got to talk about uh, upcoming plans here for the summer. Uh, And let me just tell you about what I got coming up here uh, this week. Uh, I am recording this on Memorial Day, so this is the 25th of May, 2015. Uh, It's Monday. Normally everybody's got today off, um, but I am actually going to be going into work today because I get time and a half to go to work, which, I mean, if anybody who's going to turn down extra money to go in um, to work today is silly, um, I still respect the the Memorial Day holiday, um, and a lot of people confuse it too with Veterans Day, and they, they tell everybody that they know who's a veteran or who's currently enlisted, you know, happy Memorial Day, um, just so you guys know, and I'm, and I'm not trying to disparage anybody, honestly, the, the sentiment is great that you guys are thinking of our military on days like this, but Memorial Day is meant for a memorial, you know, shocker, right? It's a memorial for uh, those who died in service uh, of the military for our country. And I, um, I spent five years in the Army myself. Um, I'm not going to go into a great detail about that, but um, I, I consider myself lucky that I never had to um, lose anybody that was you know a comrade that, that, that I know, um, or vice versa, that I came home okay, um, that I didn't really have to deal with anything. In that same vein, though... There are a lot of guys who went overseas never thinking that that was going to be something that could happen, and it did. So I just think that it would be respectful um, for all of us, you know, just to have a a quick moment of silence for all of those who did give their lives uh, for our country, and that's why this holiday is today. All right. So don't want to make this too somber, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I definitely appreciate what our our men and women who are in the armed services do especially because i only did it for five years i mean there's guys that do this for 20 that i mean just good for them i mean i i I wasn't able to continue i mean i was just a kid when i joined so you know you make a rash decision when something like 9-11 happens and you do your time because that's what you're supposed to do and uh you come out of it and i mean i think it made me a better person i think it taught me a lot about uh leadership about responsibility about being a good person um and I don't think I would be the person I am today if it wasn't for the military. So um, thanks to uh, those recruiters for feeding me a bunch of BS lies to get me in the army in the first place. But honestly, I was going to join no matter what because of uh, what happened on 9-11. So let's leave that where it is. Um, we'll, we'll move on and we'll talk about other other good things. I want to talk about what I got going on this week because this week is going to be fan-freaking-tastic. So uh, my normal work schedule, I get a really cool work schedule actually. I only have to work four days a week, Sunday through Wednesday. So I have Thursday, Friday, Saturday off. This Thursday, uh, it's going to be myself, my wife, uh, my 16-year-old stepdaughter, and my six-year-old son. We are all going to be going to King's Dominion, uh, which is a local theme park here in Virginia. Uh, Roller coasters galore. It's going to be awesome. I'm just looking forward to it because my son has never actually been to King's Dominion before. We've taken him to Busch Gardens. We've been to Disney World. We've gotten to do that sort of stuff. And he hasn't really been big enough to do a lot of the roller coasters. So he's getting taller. We're uh, getting to that point where he might be able to ride some of these roller coasters. And I'm really excited. I know he's really excited. But especially, too, with King's Dominion. For anybody that grew up in the Northern Virginia, uh, Richmond area, King's Dominion, it was like your backyard. That was that was your playground. You you went there. You There were field trips that you went on uh, during high school or elementary school or middle school. And you got to go there. So, I mean, it's something that... We've all experienced um and it's gonna be cool because now my kid gets to experience this too and there's something about King's Dominion it's not the greatest park you ask anybody who's lives in Virginia they'll tell you the Bush Gardens is a far superior park it's much nicer there's a lot nicer rides it's cleaner the foods better all those things but there's just something about King's Dominion it, it's it's yours it's it's local it's it's been around forever I mean Bush Gardens has been around for a long time too but I'm not going to say that I have a favorite. Well, yeah, I mean technically I like Bush Gardens more cuz again it's nicer. But um, there's just something about Kings Dominion that just I don't, I don't have yeah, nothing but fond memories about about the place. And I mean if you're um, if you're listening to this and you're in your Virginia, go, you know, go check it out. It's a lot of fun if you've never been. But if you're in Virginia, you've been to Kings Dominion. Let's let's be honest here. Um, if you're not in the Virginia area, uh, your Pittsburgh people all have to um, I'm sure that you've got Plenty of parks that are that are very similar to this. Uh, I'm not as well versed in the Pittsburgh stuff as I would like to be, as much as Steve is. Um, but yeah, I mean, definitely send me some comments on, on the great places to go there. Because um, I mean, we all we, we love to travel in this family, so maybe we'll head up there and check out some of these cool parks that you guys have. Um, but also too, so Thursday we're going to be doing Kings Dominion. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday we have AwesomeCon in Washington D.C. So, and by we I mean myself. And uh, my buddy Ben Shaw, uh, the artist for Ethan Stone P.I. So this is going to be our, let's see, we went to BaltimoreCon, we went to PhillyCon, this will be our second time at AwesomeCon, uh, and we did, yeah, this is going to be our fourth con that we've done, and it's just incredibly exciting every single time we do this, because writing in itself is, is a joy, I mean, I, I just love doing it so much, but so is talking to people and, and seeing them get enthusiastic, especially when I show them the comic book that I created and saying, hey, you know, check this out. And they're like, oh, this is so cool. This is so interesting. And then they end up buying it. it. That's just such a rush. That's such a high that you get when you have somebody that wants to read your stuff, that enjoys your stuff, too. That's even better. Um, but also, too, getting to meet other cool people, getting to meet um, other creative uh, individuals. because that, And that's something, too. Um, I just posted a new article on GGR um, about um, the creative process and about kind of what I wanted to do. And I, I knew from a long time ago when I was in high school that I wanted to do something creative um, I was involved in uh, the TV production um, club which is it's like TV and film production you basically make your own movies you make your own TV shows stuff like that and I just fell in love with that and not even like the acting side like the, the directing side the uh, editing side I thought it was so cool that you could have so much an influence on something like that you could make your own special effects you could do your own sound effects and it was just the coolest thing that I had ever done and I was convinced that that's what I wanted to do I was going to be the next Spielberg um, but also did the drama club. I did a lot of performance um, did like comedy troupe. I did uh like improv stuff. I mean, I love that stuff. I love being able to think quickly on my feet, uh, coming up with funny stuff. I mean ultimately, I just love entertaining people and it took me a long time to realize that being a writer is what I wanted to do um, and as I said in the uh, article um, I, I, I thanked Ben because when Ben was at the Kubert school up in New Jersey. He was having some problems coming up with the story. And this is kind of a little Ethan Stone uh, background for you guys. Uh, ben was having a problem coming up with the story for Ethan Stone. Um, originally, like he called it like six gun justice or something like that. And he called me uh, and he was like, I need your help. I can't write the story. Will you write the story for me? And I, you know, begrudgingly said yes, because I wasn't really that confident in my abilities anymore. I used to be a really good writer in high school and in college. But it had been a few years, and I just hadn't been doing it because I was trying to become the next director, the next great director. Um, So Ben essentially talked me into becoming a writer again. Um, Not even really talked me into. I mean, I I just kind of played it cool, and I was like, well, I don't know if this is going to be the kind of project I was interested in. But uh, he ultimately, that moment was what reminded me of how much I enjoyed writing and why I wanted to do it again, so... Uh, I did it on the pod. I did it on the uh, article, and we do it on the podcast too. Thanks to Ben Shaw for making me uh, get off my butt and start doing something again. Um, but yeah, it's being creative is 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 awesome, and seeing something that you created out there on you know on the internet or uh, in print or on a podcast is just it's so incredible. I don't know how to describe it any other way. It's just such a rush. And, like, uh, my son is six years old, and we just bought him this cool uh, little Lego thing because he is done for school for the year. So kind of like a uh, graduation gift of sorts. Kind of a little Lego house thing, and we built it together. And he kept asking me, he's like, Dad, I want to take it apart. Can I take it apart? Can I take it apart? And I asked him why, and he said, I just really like taking Legos apart. And I guess maybe it comes with age, maybe it comes with time that kids want to create instead of destroy which i mean ultimately we all love destroying stuff blowing stuff up is fun um you know smashing things to pieces is fun um maybe that's just a guy thing i don't know i don't know if girls really enjoy that or not uh, any of you ladies out there listening to this podcast you might have to let me know if you guys get a rush out of blowing stuff up too um i mean that was part of the reason why i enjoyed the military for the five years i was in was blowing stuff up um but yeah i mean i saw it in him and i'm wondering when that changes or if it changes maybe that's just my personality and not his ultimately your kids, you know, they're their own people, and that's kind of a cool thing, too, is just watching them develop their own personalities, their own likes, their own dislikes, things like that, so always pretty cool. Um, So let's talk about, uh, I wanted to talk about an article that I read recently that I thought was completely ridiculous. So, former NFL coach, and NFL quote-unquote great, let's just I guess we can call him that without the quotes on there. I just gave him the air quotes, which is stupid because this is a podcast, so it's not like you guys can see it. Um, But NFL great uh, Don Shula, um, former Miami Dolphins uh, and back in the day um, Baltimore Colts coach, came out, and he's always been very, very critical of the Patriots because, I mean, I I think it's just sour grapes and... It's the team that was closest to beating his record. He came out and he just blasted the Patriots saying that they're cheaters and that they do this and they do that and Spygate and Deflategate and all this other stuff. It's all, you know, it's all their fault. They're horrible. They're horrible. They're horrible. Well, this story came out recently that says that uh, former NFL players are claiming that all 32 teams, all 32 teams pushed illegal use of painkillers. So... On their players to keep them playing, and I'm going to read this for you. This uh, it says hundreds of former players have filed a lawsuit, claiming all 32 NFL teams, their doctors, trainers, and medical staffs obtained and provided painkillers to players, often illegally, as part of a decades-long conspiracy to keep any keep them on the field without regard for their long-term health. Now, this is a huge deal because the NFL has been doing everything they possibly can to keep their players safe, to keep them on the field, to keep these um, head injuries down. So, for things like this to happen, it's just it's really putting a black eye on the NFL. I mean, the more we find out about them, I mean, the more we're starting to see that this is not I mean, it's a great it's a great sport. We love football. And that's part of the reason why we love football is because these guys play through injury and play through pain. But when they're going to when they're going to do this sort of thing and try to pretend that they're on some sort of high horse or they're some, taking some sort of moral uh, high ground over these other allegations that are coming out, especially Shula, because he's he was named in this lawsuit. Him, Howard Schnellenberger, Wayne Fonts, Mike Holmgren, Mike Tice, warned players that they would be cut from their teams unless they took painkillers and returned to the field. For these guys to have any gumption, any notion that they can come out and they can say anything, that they can run their mouths and talk trash about other teams doing things that are quote-unquote illegal, let's just put this where it is, okay? The two things that the New England Patriots are accused of Recording practices and recording game film so that they could figure out their signals and signs to get a competitive advantage, okay? And deflating a ball, potentially. Those two things, how does that affect player health and safety? But you can come out and be the the one team that's been undefeated. You can trash the Patriots, but you basically told players that if you don't get back on the field after taking this painkiller, you will be cut. You're endangering people's lives, Like their futures. Like there are guys that are that are crippled now. There are guys that have died because of the head injuries that they've had. Probably because of things like this. I just the priorities of of football. I mean, and and anybody who played football, you guys can all attest to this. That there's a fear that if you get injured, you're going to lose your spot and you're never going to play again, and you're going to be on the on the bench watching as the rest of the team um, moves forward. So it's this. They know, the coaches know that there's that fear out there, so they want their best players out there, and they're willing to risk them for what? For, for, for you to make some more money? You're already making millions of dollars a year, you know? Like, to further enshrine yourself in, in the Hall of Fame, is success really that important to risk lives for a game? It just, it's, it baffles me to, to no end that, that Shula had the nerve to say anything at all. I mean, but, but then runs his mouth and then thinks that nothing is ever going to come of him. Oh, because he's Don Shula. Oh no, we can't talk about him. Don Shula is a great Don Shula is a great. All right. So that's my little NFL rant for the day. Um, (laughs) we're going to make this a pretty short podcast today. I'm only going to do maybe another five minutes here. Um, but I just recently did an article about movies that, we want to see sequels for Um, so check it out it's um www.greatgeekrefuge.com if you click on the articles gallery it's right there um it'll go into um it's under uh i did it under frank landau so it's under frank landau's home uh movies uh if you go there uh click on it um read it over i mean and give me your input tell me what you guys think about other movies that might need sequels um, or need to be redone or something like that. But I was thinking about that the other day, too, and I was thinking about movies that they've announced sequels or they've been working on sequels, and one of two things happens. Either people are just losing their minds about it, or it did actually come out, and it just it, it stunk. It was awful. Um, one of the ones that comes to mind, I loved the first Boondock Saints. Everybody loved Boondock Saints. It was such a great movie. And everybody who watched it wanted more, wanted a sequel, because they set that movie up so perfectly for a sequel, and we finally got it, and it was god-awful. It was, it was so crappy. It just, it's... Honestly, though, it, it, I think that it suffered from the same thing that Star Wars suffered from, that after Star Wars Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi uh, came out, everybody loved those movies so much. They were great. They were groundbreaking, um, and then there was so much time between them that we put them on this pedestal where... And I mentioned this in one of our first podcasts... We put the dialogue on this pedestal, we put the story on the pedestal of how great and fantastic it was. And really, when you look at it and you look at, you break it down at how it was, the dialogue wasn't really that great. Same thing with the the story. The story was okay, but there's plenty of plot holes in it, Um, but you put it up on a pedestal. And we do that a lot with movies, and that's, I think, Boondock Saints is a perfect example of that. Uh, Another one that they have announced a sequel, and it's so hard to do sequels with comedies. Uh, is Super Troopers. Super Trooper, I mean, like, we even use a clip of it in the the intro that we have. Um, that's how much I love that movie. But they've announced a sequel to it, and you just wonder, how many times can you do that same gag over and over again? I mean, are they going to do the meow thing again? If they don't do the meow thing, are people going to get upset? Um, I, I. It's very, very hard to follow up a comedy, because trying to duplicate... Comedy is very difficult. Think about it, if you've ever told a joke, or, you know, you told a funny story, or you said something really funny in the spur of the moment, um, and everybody laughed while you're at work, or or something like that, or you're at a party, and then you try to retell that story to somebody else, it's never as funny the second time around as it is the first time around. Um, I just, I can't think of too many movie sequels, especially comedies, that really held up um, when it comes to the quest for more money, essentially. That's another one that I completely forgot, and I should put it on the list. Um, the quest for more money. Um, uh, Mel Brooks never announced it, but they joked about it in the end of Spaceballs. But I think with with Star Trek getting a gritty reboot, with they're doing a new Star Wars movie here in December, um, with all these sci-fi movies that they're adding on to, like um, Prometheus being the prequel for Alien, um, I mean, God, he, Mel Brooks needs to do another movie. He needs to do another Spaceballs, and he totally could... Um, i just don 't know if he 's really directing anymore. I think he might have retired um and I think he runs into the same thing too he maybe doesn 't want to tarnish his legacy he doesn 't want to do sequels because he would rather move on to something else he 'd rather go with something that he hasn 't done before uh, i mean and i can I can appreciate that too and i mean I, we would all love it we 'd all go nuts, but at the same time too are you really are you are are you diminishing the original one by tampering with a sequel um We saw it happen with the Star Wars prequels. I mean, did that tarnish the Star Wars name? I don't think so. I mean, because look at how crazy people are going about the new Star Wars movies that are going to be coming out. I I don't think you can really tarnish something like that, especially when it's so ingrained in society. Um, I'm excited for this because I'm a Star Trek nerd. They've announced that they're going to be doing a third Star Trek movie. God, I hope they fix it. I, I really hope that they do better than they did in Star Trek Into Darkness. Again, that's another article that Frank Landau wrote in AAR. On uh, Star Trek Into the Darkness and how disappointed uh, he was or I was with that movie and how it made me mad the way they uh, essentially just kind of like cast aside anything that was Star Trek and kind of threw a story together at the last second. After having a really good intro too, the first like half of that movie was great, but the second half of it was just so derivative of Star of Star Trek Two and Star Trek Three and little bits and pieces of Nemesis and Star Trek Nemesis sucked anyways. Why would you want to use that? But anyways um that's gonna do it that's my 20 minutes today um just real quick and to the point here just wanted to talk about my opinions on things go to the website uh www.greatgeekrefuge.com we've got all sorts of great stuff we've got ethan stone pi you can pick up uh, issues there we've got digital copies we've got print copies i mean yeah you pick one pick up a print copy i will sign it for you ben will sign it for you too the collector's edition just came out which is issue one and two combined. It's got some previews for issue three, which is going to be about the headless horseman of Sleepy Hollow, but that's going to be coming out too uh, real soon here. That's issue three. You can pre-order that one as well. So as soon as it comes out, we will ship it to you. Um, but that is uh, all I got for today. My name is Mike Lunsford. This was Mike on the mic. This has been a GUR Pirate Radio Network production. Woohoo!